Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. At the Honda Summer Sales Event, one summer adventure leads to another. Start with a great offer on a new Honda and be on your way to remote beach weekends, deep forest discoveries, and sunsets next to a campfire that you built yourself. For a limited time, well-qualified buyers can get 1.9% APR on the 2021 Honda CRV, Ridgeline, or the all-new 2022 Civic. Start your Honda safe adventure at NorCalHondaDealers.com. Exclude Civic Type Bar. See dealer for financing details. If not now, when? If not during a pandemic <laughs> and countless lives being lost, if not now, when? That's, that's all I just want to hear from the rest of the night where everybody's pontificating and thinking and soapboxing and all of that. We know nothing is going to change. We get it. Martin Luther King got shot and risked his life. Mega Evers, if we've seen this and all of our heroes constantly taken down, we understand it's not going to end. But that does not mean, young men, that you don't do anything. Don't listen to these people telling you don't do anything because it's not going to end right away. You are starting something for the next generation and the next generation to take over. Do you have to be smart? Yes. Do you have to make sure that you have a plan? Yes. Do you have to be articulate about that plan? Yes. All of those things. But that's what you're going to do. They're professionals. They know how to be the best of themselves. And so I applaud it. I applaud it because it is the young people. It is the young people leading the way. And I applaud them. Five, four, three, two, one. What's the deal? How you feel? Episode 161 of JB Advantage Blue Review Podcast. 161, huh? Yep, that's right. It wouldn't be complete without a dilly on deck. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, follow us at JB and Benny Blue, JB and Benny Blue.com for all past episodes, content, merch. We are on all streaming platforms. And make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We now have released the first three episodes of JB's Hog Talk, and we got three more coming at you this week. Young Hog Talk. You know what I mean? And, jo- and speaking of the man who's breaking it down, Joining us live from the desert, uh, he is he is he is now going to be known as the young trap god. And when I say trap god, I ain't talking about that work. I'm talking about the boulders on the shoulders. <laughs> Doctor Jeremy Eugene Bridges the Third Esquire, how are you doing, sir? On this uh, hot ass, Rona filled, God knows what day it is day, but we're living our life and we're feeling good. How are you feeling? We are living our life like it's golden. I'm good, man. I'm just uh. Man, just, you know, glad to be back working, you know, mm-hmm. staying out here in the desert, you know what I'm saying? You know, people that don't know where I work at, I work where I work, I ain't gonna announce the shit, but... Be fine to me, right. uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, it's just cool, man. Everything's smooth. Uh, home, Sunday, got home from work, man, and cleaned the house, vacuum and mop, you know what I'm saying? The house smelling good, you know what I'm saying? Feeling good. We on the air right now recording, you know what I'm saying, for the reviewers, mm-hmm. for our peoples. Yeah. Love our people. Exactly. It's a beautiful thing. That, that Sunday that Sunday house clean, it's a very meditative, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to be able to just clean your house and throw on some music or whatever, something right. in the background. It's a, nice, it's a nice thing. Younger reviewers, you don't you don't necessarily know the, the power behind that. You get a little bit older. You figure that out. You're like, right. okay, this, this is the move. Um, 
Yeah, man. I get it. I, I'm, I'm with it. I know exactly what you're talking about. I did, I did the same here. Coming to you live from Los Angeles, the North Hollywood section of Los Angeles. Uh, on this back half of the show, we're going to have an exclusive interview uh, with friend of the show, JB's guy, former running back and current running backs coach, Deshaun Foster. So make sure to stick around for that. But JB, right. before we get before we get into our first uh, topic, we would be remiss, and goddamn if this whole COVID BS throws off time and space, uh, we'd be remiss if we did not wish the late great Kobe Bryant a happy birthday. Would have been forty two today if I'm not mistaken. Um, yep. Man, it, it, it's it's crazy that with all that's happened this year, that's crazy that he passed away this year with right. his lovely daughter Gigi. It's still. I can still remember that episode and how much, you know, in shock we were and, and paying tribute to him and shout out to our guy, Dr. Tim Tinkle, joining us on, on the on the check-in at the very beginning of that show. Make sure to run that back. Right. Um, yeah, man. I mean, what do, what do you, what do you, how do you process that now? Just being like, that, what happened in like, he died in January? Crazy thing about, right? I still can't believe it, right? Uh, when you see murals and when you see people post something like, the whole, you know, we ain't forgotten, so on and so forth. And, like, it's like, man, you speak of surreal. Like, it don't get no more surreal than that. Right? This man is gone, bro. Him and that beautiful little girl of his, gone, bro. Like, hey, up out of there. Hey, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Like, what? It just really just puts you in that mind frame. Like, what? <laughs> like, right. What happened? Yeah. I don't know, bro. I mean, it's like, that thing still, it's still really just, it's hard to believe, man. It's, it's mm-hmm. unbelievable, bro. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that's, that's the best, that's the best way to put it. Cause you'll, I'll watch different, I'll watch different clips and interviews still. And I'll be like, it's, it's, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to even wrap your mind around it. Even to this day, even with what's happened, how how much kind of time and space has been knocked off of what's been going on out here, but uh, right. of course wanted to you know send send our send our thoughts to to the Bryant family and Kobe. We wish we wish you were you were you were still with us today, but we know you're looking down. You might be looking down on your Lakers if uh, if they can uh, they can get past the uh, the potential. We believe Blazers. Make sure to run back our last episode for some of that. Uh, at NBA talk. We got more to come right. in the coming weeks. And uh, coming up here in the next couple weeks, we are going to be, of course, sending the information for the For the People NFL.com Fantasy League. And we're going to be doing hey. uh, we're going to be doing a round table episode, bringing some of our folks, our fan from KSRN Arizona. It's going to be arguably, not even arguably, the weirdest season to ever try to predict and pick players and, and all this type of shit. Oh, it's, yeah. Strange as hell, but we are going to have a season, so we're going to get into it on the next episode. Because I know people are like, damn, you're getting kind of close to the season. Don't worry, we'll we'll we'll, we'll get it in thorough. We got proper. you, we got you, we got yeah. you. Just chill. Yep. Relax, relax, relax. Yep. So look, that that's a little bit of business. Um, but let's get into it here now. Look, JB JB makes it makes it abundantly clear often that. We don't usually go too deep into politics, all right. But all right. we make we make our presence felt uh, in terms of you know if you're if you're down if you're down with Donnie, chances are you're not down with us, all right. Um, <laughs> chances my ass, I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, not even, not even chances. You ain't down with us, right? We, it, we it just ain't, a, it ain't going. 
<laughs> right. We would need a full hour uh, to indicate all the reasons why this dude is the biggest piece of shit in life. Um, but, you know, we don't, we hopefully don't have to deal with it for much longer. Uh, there was just the Democratic National Convention and uh, old Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have accepted the president and vice president, respectively. Uh, nominations. It was three days. A bunch of people spoke. Uh, Michelle Obama had a great speech. Uh, our former president, uh, Mr. Obama, Mr. President Barack Obama had it always as well. Um, yeah, always President Obama, always President Obama. <laughs> we wish he was a third term, but hey, you know, only get two cracks at it, I guess. Listen, man, listen, hey, Rick Ross said it, man. All right, I'm happy Donald Trump became the president. Because we gotta destroy before we elevate, man. Mm-hmm. We got to, right? You ain't never seen a new building get put up without the old building getting tore down, right? We had to shed some skin, United States of America, right? We had to shed some skin. We had to put light to some situations, right? Very true. And his regime did all that, right? If he would never became president, we would never have some of the issues be faced like we are having right now. So you you got to look at things in a positive light, right? Was he the worst president in history? Who the fuck knows, right? I'm pretty sure statistically we can go back and find some wild ass shit other presidents have done, right? Now, he was definitely the dumbest president we've ever had, yep. right? Totally unqualified for the position. You can say all those things, right? Racist, fucking sociopathic. Motherfucking, you know what I'm saying? What else? You right. you could put all that on there. You know what right. I'm saying? But when it all boils down to we had we needed this as a country, right? We needed to get sh- shit through on us, right? We needed to be last for a little bit. Because we've been first forever, right? Yeah. We've been first in everything. Right? We've been the envy of the world forever. Right? It ain't no country greater than the United States of America. We still Still, people still envy us, right? And they probably got better representation and leadership representation than we do, right? But it is what it is, right? O'Donnie came in doing Donnie things, and he's about to be out the door. And it is what it is. Yeah. He can add, he can add to a bucket list. Do like that, right? Yeah, hopefully. And you, and you make a good point. We've talked about it here and there in, in past episodes where – you know, he, he, he shined a light on the bullshit that we've been sweeping under the rug, especially, you know, and even, even COVID's helped that as far as like the people pushing change and making things happen as far as with social justice and, you know, economic inequality and, and things of that nature, how we can all collectively be living better lives. So in a lot of ways, we, we needed, we needed someone like him to rinse out the bullshit from, from our laundry, but nonetheless, He's racked up quite a body count, literally, not only from COVID, but just all the bullshit he's pulled. And many folks can collectively agree, even if you're not really necessarily down with um, the whole Biden-Harris thing, which I'm not completely down with either, because just because you put out a fire, that doesn't mean you're making progress. You're just putting out a fire. And we don't need shit to go back to the middle. And that's a lot of reasons why people didn't go for Hillary and that whole thing in 2016. So JB JB had a, JB had a, had a catchphrase from a few episodes ago, and that's what we're going to title this segment. And JB is going to break down what the high, the if the Biden Harris 
administration is going to get in there, what they need to do to not only put out Donnie's fire. We're not so much worried about that. They're probably going to do a, a national mask mandate and, and all that type of shit day one if they're able to get in there. But what they really need to do to make progress, because they definitely have their own criticisms in a segment that we're going to call You Riding With Biden? Cue the music. Pop off out. So JB, let's say let's say everything goes well. We can get Donnie, bitch ass Donnie, up out of there, start putting out this fire. What do besides just, you know, having the symbolism of having the first black woman as, you know, vice president, in terms of getting the work done, in your mind, what are some key bullet points that they they really need to tackle to have a to have a successful presidency, not just cleaning up Donnie's bullshit? Well, so, man, you're talking about a daunting task, mm-hmm. right? Daunting task, mm-hmm. viewers, right? Our country is so fucked up that it's going to take about 20 years to fix it, right? 20 years? Goddamn. Bro, we're not talking about a fucking car. We're talking about a living, breathing thing that inhabits damn near fucking over a half of a billion, damn near a billion people. All right, how many people in the United States of America? About, about three, about 330. About 330 million fucking people? Yeah. Okay, that's almost a half a billion fucking people. All right? A living, breathing monster. All right? This ain't no stadium we talking about. All right? This is a a a, 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 a conglomeration a combination of people who see things different, right? People who believe different things, people who hate other people for no reason, right? Message, right? So it's going to take about 20 years to fix. Our country will never be fixed, bro. Never. All right, let's just be completely 100 before I get into Biden and Harris. Our country will never be fixed because our country is ran by old, rich white men. Who we probably don't even know who the fuck they are. We don't even hear their names anymore. Right? These are the people who run our country. Right? Their money runs our country. Don't ever get it twisted thinking that the Senate and the House, they don't don't run shit with their mouth, bro. Like, our country is ran by old, old money. Right? I'm talking about before World War I money. Right? Motherfuckers is damn near trillionaires so much money that they fucking great 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 grandkids gonna be spending motherfucking money it's generations of people and their family gonna be spending this money and don't know shit about their family right that's that's our country right my thing is with Kamala and Harris or, or Harris and fucking Biden is that if they wanna get it right listen to the people right Listen to what the people want. Start to implement things that are going to help our country become great again. All right? Fuck Donald Trump's great. All right? Because he didn't even know what the fuck great meant. <laughs> right? He just made the fucking slogan. Right? And all these fucking cousins, fucking snaggle two white folk, you know what I'm saying, from goddamn the lower mountains of wherever the fuck you want to be from, who came out of their caves to vote because he opened up that can of hate now realize that he don't give a fuck about y'all stupid ass either. Y'all ain't got no money. Don't give a fuck about y'all. All y'all can do for him is vote for him. Right? So if Kamala 
and Joey, you know what I'm saying, want to get it right, start listening to the people, right? Start applying things to what the people's wishes are, right? Ice Cube had a, a nice little thing the other day, a little reel on, on IG, and it was like, what, what's in it for us? You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm bittersweet on these, right? Because if black folks continue to bang on Joe Biden and Kamala Harris about what they did in the past, well, shit, we would never have no president if we start looking at who, what the fuck, who did in the past, right? Because Bill Clinton wasn't shit. He got elected, you know what I'm saying? We, But we didn't look at all the shit that he did before he got elected. Yeah, this motherfucker was a senator and all this shit, you know what I'm saying? What was that, in Illinois? Was it Illinois he was in? He was the, uh, he was what, the governor of Arkansas? Ar- okay, Arkansas. Yeah. Motherfucker ain't did shit for Arkansas. Nigga still getting lynched down there, getting shot by cops, you know what I'm saying? Getting arrested for no fucking reason, getting put in jail with greater sentences than, than a white boy to do the same crime. Like, he got elected and ain't nobody has shit to say about that. Here's another thing for viewers. Stop banging on Joe Biden, right? Because Joe Biden is the same man he was when he was Obama's vice president. And we didn't have shit to say about that. Nothing. We loved Joe Biden at that point. Absolutely loved him. I didn't hear nobody say nothing about, well, he he's getting niggas locked up left and right. He was responsible for the three-strike rule. He was Obama's right hand, and we he loved him. Now he's running for president, and now we got an issue with him, right? Kamala Harris locked up so many motherfuckers out there in Northern California when she was a judge, right? In this white folks' justice system. Yeah, we talk about it now. But Kamala Harris, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, don't, I ain't going to speak on Kamala Harris. I'm not going to I'm not going to. I'm not finna. I'm not finna condone nothing she's done. I ain't gonna condone nothing Joe Biden's done. You know what I'm saying? Especially to my people. But when it all said and done, Kamala Harris is the first female president of any kind in the United States of America. Vice president, candidate, whatever. When she, when she gets elected vice president, she's gonna be the first black female vice president ever. Right? Ever. So you gonna tell your daughters? Yeah, yeah, you know, Kamala Harris, she was the first black female president, but man, back in the day, she locked up so many niggas. He's like, <laughs> or you gonna tell your daughter, look what you can do. Right? It's such a seesaw, man. And, and that's what pisses me off, right? Especially about black folks. It's like, ain't nothing never good enough. Right? Ain't nothing never good enough, right? We talk about LeBron James, and I'm gonna talk more about LeBron James later. Right? Ain't nothing never good enough. Right? It's always gonna be some division. Always, right? Nas dropped the album. Jay-Z dropped a single. What do everybody do? First thing everybody do. Oh, Jay-Z always fucking with Nas. How you know they didn't put that shit out together? These guys know each other, right? These dudes know each other. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure they talk, right? Him, Diddy, Nas. They, they all know each other, right? These dudes ain't like enemies. These dudes know each other, right? But it's black folks, right? We always got to keep ourselves divided, right? So, I'm sorry, I had soapbox for a second. Back to Harrison Biden. That's a good point. Right? It's a relevant point, though. It was it, that, that was important to tie in. Yeah, yeah, it, we, let me let me ask you this question to, to finish up this segment. 
Can we, whether it's a collective people or if you're just focusing on black folks, particularly as it relates to, like you said, your track record, 94 crime bill, uh, uh, innocence project, wrongfully accused stuff, marijuana charges in Northern California, all that stuff, which is reasonable criticism. But here's, here's the ultimate question. Can people voting for them, particularly black folks, can you make the compromise of overlooking their shortcomings, if you will, in exchange for can you make the promise of, hey, Biden Harris, we are going to we're going to give you a pass on those things in exchange. You have to be the leaders on criminal justice reform, like all the things that you might have had some sins of the past. To me, do you agree that that needs to be the agreement? If we're going to if we're going to vote for you because we need we have to get this dumbass out of here that badly. If we're going to vote for you, the trade-off is y'all two have you two have to be the ultimate champions for fucking criminal prison prison industrial complex, criminal justice reform, all that shit. Do you think that that's a reasonable handshake agreement to get them elected? Yeah, that's small. And here's another thing, Benny. You really think that they don't know that? Right? You really think that that, that they don't have the advisor, I know they got a bunch of black folks on their advisory board, right? You don't really think that somebody ain't came to jail be like, look, Joe, let me tell you something, all right? Back in the day, time to dig up this dirt now, you know what I'm saying? Kamala, in the day now, you know, we seen what you did. You might need to harp on that big time, right? I mean, like, really just be like, like, put it out there and say, hey, this is what it was. But just what it's gonna be, right? Yeah, you got damn right. They need to be the the, the the loudest people in the world, saying, "Hey, this is how we gonna do this," right? They black folks gonna get tried the same as white folks, right? Crime is gonna be the crime, punishment is gonna be the punishment. Plain and simple, don't matter who, who's there. This is what we gonna continue to push, right? They have to. They have no choice, right? They have no choice. I'm going to pose something to the reviewers, right? Again, a lot of people are like, oh, I ain't going to vote. Don't do that. Don't do that. I ain't been, Benny, I ain't, you know me personally, I ain't been registered to vote in a long time. I just did it the other day, right? Got the ballot coming to my house, right? Just did it the other day. The reason why I got the ballot coming to my house is I don't want to slap shit out of no goddamn old white person when it's time to go to the ballot. Right, because if a motherfucker standing there with a gun or something trying to guard, I'm coming with my gun and I'm going to that motherfucker. I'm vote. We're gonna have an old wild wild west shootout. So to avoid that bullshit, Ted brought to my house. Right, I'm not gonna send it. Like I'm not gonna send it in the fucking voter registration lettering packaging. I'm gonna put that motherfucking envelope. I'm gonna put the address on that bitch, and I will send it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So they can open that bitch. Oh shit, it's about it. Yeah, no shit. Right, because motherfuckers start seeing them goddamn envelopes floating, they're gonna be like this, yep. shooting the bitches out the window. You know what I'm saying? That Florida shit gonna crack again, right? Exactly. So, hey, it, I mean, it is this. My my thing is that I want somebody running our country who's qualified to run our country. Right? Right now, our country's a joke, and people can say what the fuck they want to say. Our country's a joke, bro. Like it's a fucking joke. It's a joke. And black folks, we won't change. I don't give a damn who hear it and what they say. If we won't change, we got to change inside from inside out. It ain't right that police kill us. It ain't right that motherfucking white folks kill us. How they kill us. But it ain't right that we kill each other either. 
I'm gonna continue to preach that. I don't care. Nobody say how nobody feel. I, I, Benny, I'm to the point where I don't even like listening to music that that advocates black on black crime. I'm to that point right now. Like I, I can only stomach so much. I can't. I just can't take it. I'm gonna shoot this nigga. I'm gonna shoot that nigga. That nigga gonna feel my Glock or whatever. The fuck. I right. hate that shit. Yeah. I hate it. I fucking hate it. And I wish that they would stop making that music. But at the same time, who owns these record companies? All right? Who owns the record companies? Old white folks. They're like, hell yeah, keep putting that shit out there. Because that shit hypnotizes. Right? It's subliminal. It gets in your brain. Young people that don't know how to decipher what's right from wrong and don't have positive role models, it gets in their brain and it just completely fucks them up. And then the cycle just fucking continues. Right, it's black folks steady killing black folks for no fucking reason. So we can, yeah. we we and we can bitch and argue and protest all we want because the shit ain't right and it's not. They gotta understand that we bought that life, right? We ain't taking this shit no more. Okay, but we need to do the same shit in our fucking communities, right? When gangs and motherfucking so on and so forth are running running crazy, shooting and killing each other behind colors and streets and fucking names, we do the same shit. A powerful black people, God's chosen people, right? In any motherfucking book you want to look in, in the Bible, if you want to look in the Bible, everything leads back to my skin color. That's no knock on nobody else. That's God's promise, right? That's that's who God was, right? Our this this God, this being, the man that wrote all these things in this book, the words that He put out there, everything leads back to a melanin skin tone to nappy hair right <laughs> like so we we the, the thing with Deshaun Jackson what he said right and everybody took it the wrong way right they took it out of context right because because it was Hitler right Hitler did some fucked up shit right he did but it ain't no worse than what white people doing to black people and have been doing for the last 400 some odd years it really ain't. All right. It really ain't. It's not. There's no difference. Right? He incinerated people. White folk put niggas on wood and burn them in front of other white folks and they call the cookout. All right? Like, hangings happen. White folks show up in droves to watch the shit happen. Little kids. Right? It ain't no worse. Ain't no crime worse than the other. All right? But what Deshaun was saying is that Hitler knew that if we let these black people understand who they are, we all in trouble, right? Seems like the only people that don't know who we are are my people, right? And it's sad. So, to end this segment, Kamala and Joe need to be running our country in 2021, right? Because if we leave that shit up to this dude, we gonna have fucking World War three and a half and four, huh. and we all we all gonna be fucked up because it's just gonna continue with the same shit that's going on right now, right? Coronavirus, it's horrible, right? Because they unleashed it on our people. It's ridiculous, right? It's ridiculous that they did that and they will not stop it, right? They just won't. They just won't because it's making the, the upper echelon, it's making that five percentile tax bracket too much money. 
It's what it is, right? Yeah, and I mean, look, I'm, I'm fucked up world we live in, man. Yeah, and it, and it makes me happy to hear that you registered to vote because at the end of the day, if you want, if you want to get money out of politics, if you want real change, you have to participate. And the biggest thing about the biggest thing and the biggest misconception about the voting process it's not about it's not it's not even so much about who votes for who. A lot of there's big money and big business in campaigns because they actually put a concerted effort to encourage people not to vote. That's why it's so fucking hard to do it. Like right. you, have, you have to register by this time and certain states have certain things. It's like, first of all, they should have a federal election mandate where every state for a federal election does the same thing. Right. Election day should be a federal holiday and they should make it easier for people to participate. And, and speaking of LeBron again, who you'll, you'll do your JB's burn at the end of the show, shout to him for, for, for partnering uh, with more than the vote and making mm-hmm. Dodger stadium, a polling place. So that's a yep. big ass place to make it very accessible for people who aren't registered for mail-in and still can go in and cast their vote. So you right. got to participate. Even if you don't necessarily are down with the one side versus the other, you can still, you can write in a candidate, not saying it might be, not saying that might be the best thing to do in this case, but you still can <laughs> do it. And right. you can vote down the ballot for, for, for people that are going to have more of a direct effect on your community. So you can, right. still, you have to participate. If you sit in the sidelines and you just talk shit, there's only so much that shit talking is going to go before right. it falls on deaf ears because you're choosing not to participate. So right, right. longer we sit out and let these people do this, long, like you said, the 20 year cycle, the longer the cycle is going to go because we are choosing not to participate and end voter suppression. We've right. seen off of fucking Twitter, we can change shit off of Twitter. We oh, can, yeah. Big so time. Imagine if we really started doing this shit for real. You know what I mean? So that, yep. so, so that's that. Now, look, real quick before we take our break and get into our exclusive interview with Sean Foster, how are we going to bring back a fan favorite uh, segment? Uh, we're just going to get right into it. Keep the music. Is JB's you win it or not? <laughs> we got five different random topics. Throw at JB to see if he's with it or if he's not. Starting off in the foosball, the NFL, and not for long, the no fun league. Oh, Bizzleman, your boy. Earl Thomas got released by the Ravens in a fight in practice. We've had long segments and conversations in the past episodes run those back about the culture of training camp and practice fights and how that happens. And that kind of happens with the whole team building process. Um, but apparently doing some research, the uh, lead, some other leaders on the team, they were kind of down with it. So they, they, ended up, uh, they ended up releasing them. They're still going to owe, I think, $10 million against the cap because he signed a big a big four-year deal with them. Yeah. Uh, so look, JB, as someone who's been in training camps, been adjacent to, maybe allegedly been a part of some uh, training camp fights, Earl Thomas getting released at this <laughs> point in, in, in the situation. Are, are you with it or not? Uh, Yeah. Something's wrong with Earl Thomas. right? It's something not right. Right, something's not right, and nobody can tell me different because a young man of his talent, right? He had the incident when he was cheating and all this other shit that happened a few months ago. The right? Airbnb orgy, which people for what, people forgot about in May. What one strike, right? Let's not let's, let's just be real, yeah. right? I'm now you're talking to GMJB, right? One strike, right? That's some bullshit, okay? He left. What, where was he at before? Seattle. Seattle, yep. right? He yes, yeah. Pete Carroll, the finger. Yeah, he gave, he gave the big, the big middle finger to Pete Carroll, right? They didn't want to pay him. Okay, he wanted to stay there. He wanted to finish the career there, uh, and they had all that whoopie whoop whoop that mess, right? No matter what people say, 
that was a blemish on his 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 you know saying on, on his record. It was. Right? Two strikes. Be real. The first one I got of a ghost strike, the shit with his with his cheating and all that shit, that was a big strike. That was like a strike and a half. Now, from what I understand, he punched one of his fellow defensive players. Right? Right. He got in a fight with one of his fellow defensive players. Not yeah. like he got in a fight in one-on-ones with a receiver he was receiver, going against. That's normally how it goes. Right. Like, or a tight end because he's a safety or a running back. He was trying to cover out the back. He punched one of his fellow defensive backs. And it happened to be a safety. So if somebody was in the same room with him, meeting room-wise, like, what? Something's wrong. Uh, Yeah, get him out of there. All right, get him out of there because what he what 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 he's starting to look like to me is a poison. All right, he looks like a cancer, right? and, and you can't have that in locker rooms because they'll become dissension will form, and then you'll have a bunch of problems. Right, when you have a divided locker room, you can't win games. Right, so Earl, hey, you better go to the Cowboys. You know they love their drama. Oh right? yeah, well that that's a, but hey, apparently apparently ding juries on line one according according to the NFL street. So uh, there you, know you go. He came, you know he can't wait. You know what I mean? One 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 man's trash. You know you know how Jerry does. Uh, speaking of, speaking of one man's trash, uh, you know Jamie, we we've had uh, I teased you on, on the beginning of our last episode about you getting Diesel for the uh, winner of uh, Tyson and Roy Jones, but there's someone else who's trying to get back in the shit. Oh, your boy Oscar De La Hoya is 47 years old, and he says he's making a comeback, and it ain't for a fucking exhibition. JB, the Golden Boy. Watching some of his fighters leave, watching COVID destroy his business model, he said, "Fuck it, I'm strapping him back up." Are you are you with it or not on an Oscar De La Hoya comeback? No, like I mean, he wasn't that good to end his career, no way. So it's like, why would I? <laughs> why would I even want to see him do this now? After first of all, he ain't boxing what over ten years, right? Second of all, you know, saying he's fucking, you know, he looks like fucking Ricky Martin now. You know what I'm saying? So. I don't know. Nah, fuck all that. I'm not even really excited about seeing Mike Tyson fight again. I, I enjoy watching him do the whole, you know, all the workout videos, and it's great that he's got himself back in great shape. But I, I don't see that shit. Yeah. Okay, we see right, those days, man. Right? Exactly. Yeah, I'm with it. Uh, moving on. Uh, well, JB, we, we've uh, we've called out some of the uh, young folks that have been taking the road trips from LA out to Scottsdale to have a little Rona parties, and LA is cracking down. Uh, TikTok star Bryce Hall was having a birthday party. People had their phones out because you know the Generation Z. It's 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 the it's the uh, it's the it's the disease of social media snitches. And uh, they were filming each other. And Garcetti cracking the whip. He said, "If you were having these heathen ass Hollywood Hills parties, he's going to cut your goddamn utilities." That's right. No water or power. So JB Mayor JB hat. Uh, if you're seeing TikTok stars having parties with 200 people in that bitch spreading Rona, cutting off the power to the house, or you you win it or not? I'm all for it, right? I'm all for it, right? Sit your bitch ass now, right? There's nothing wrong with having a little get together with your family, right? Them your folks, y'all trust each other. It is what it is, right? 10, 12 people. I've been to a couple of little small get togethers with folks, right? You know he what I'm saying? Small. You know I me? Mean? Like, so you go, you know what I'm saying? But I've been tested three or four times. God, God, the grace of God, I'm cool. Family's cool. Right? Kids are cool. Nah, 200 people, bro. Motherfuckers you don't know. Coming to your home, nasty. These stank ass bitches, you know what I'm saying? They who fucking everybody. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, 
No. Yeah. Cut their power, water, whatever. Right. Right. They, well, he got to the jail, right? They they raided his crib. Right. He got to the jail. I don't know if they raided it, but they they were. Oh, but not for the party. He like no the one dude, the one dude that was out here. Oh, got, he got his crew raided. The YouTube dude, the white boy. Oh, he got raided out in California. Then the other cat that he rocked with got raided out there in uh in Vegas. <laughs> right? Yeah, they got they got hit. So TikTok motherfuckers having parties, right? Hmm. Yeah, cut they shit the fuck off, man. Fuck them. You know what I'm saying? Fuck them. There you go. Hey, speaking speaking of uh, speaking of Nas, I've been checking out the, the new album, which is very dope. Hit Boy produced it. They brought back the firm. That shit is fucking funky, as JB says. That shit's yeah. That's there's a couple there's a couple a few joints on that album that, that have made the uh, playlist. A so shot to Nas, definitely definitely his best album in a while. Nas is very consistent, but the album before was was kind of was very much kind of like a uh, almost like almost on some like spoken word shit. This right. kind of gets back to more of like the he's 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 really rapping and shit speak- talking ass, you know, Queen Bridge Nas. You know what I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he, he's back to Esco on this one, and he dropped some bars that are ruffling somebody's feathers. He said on the song "Ultra Black," he goes, "We going ultra black, unapologetically black, the opposite of Doja Cat, Michael Blackson Black." And uh, apparently, she didn't like that. And if you if you don't know, she got uh, jammed up. Uh, according as the meme goes, she was in racial chat room showing. Oh, feet. oh, and, I, oh, I seen it. Yeah, and uh, but Nas did an interview and he said he didn't mean any disrespect. So JB Nas dropping that bar, but then saying no disrespect. You being a consummate shit talker, are you are you with that or not? No, I'm not with it at all. I don't believe it politically correct if you write right. If you said some shit, if you said some shit that you stand by, stand by. Stand by it, right? And if a motherfucker come to me, I have called Kevin Durant a bitch so many times on this fucking podcast, right? And I tell people, and I say it again, I think Kevin Durant is a very soft dude, right? I don't know who raised him. I don't know how he came up, but I think he's a very soft individual. I think he got bitch ways, and that is what it is. That's how I think. And if I see Kevin Durant, he got a problem. He can get the shit snapped out of him, right? I'm not Kevin Red, big ass, long skin ass out, and his little punk ass homeboy who be with him, right? So that's how I feel, and I'm not gonna take that back. If anybody see me and be like, somebody can be around me, and be like, yeah, you said Kevin Red was a bitch in your podcast. He is. He can be sitting right beside me. We don't take <laughs> we don't take nothing back we say on the show. Let's be clear. It is what it is. So now saying that you was first of all you was correct for saying it. Yeah. Right. You were right. What are you biting your tongue for? I mean, no disrespect. The fuck if I didn't? I mean, all disrespect. Right. Right? Kendrick Lamar, gang signs out the window, you bitch. Hoping all of them disrespect you, you bitch. Right? Because you stinking ass. She looked like... Doja Cat look like her pussy smell horrible. Right? Then the bitch said in the interview, she don't eat fruit. Like, I don't even eat fruit. Ew. Age balance all the way off. Then she fucking Post Malone's fat little brother. Right? You see the dude that's her man? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Homie looked like, for real, he looked like he was raised in in the lower regions of West Virginia. And the first piece of pussy he got was his fucking cousin. Right? You feel me? Like, you you can't respect anybody who, who... who acts the way she acts and does the thing that she does. 
right? That bitch just, she just disgusts me, bro. So nah, fuck all that shit, bro. Right. Tell me what the fuck you gonna say, right? right? Take right. that shit back for that bitch, for that bitch. Fuck out of here. Those cat eat those fat fucking monkey dick. That that's JB talk, right? And finally, yes. and finally, uh, speaking of uh, speaking of uh, you know, a, a woman that should a woman that should be held up, man. Tory Lanez, your ass is back to Canada because she tried to protect you. She tried it, and you were doing that cornball shit. Which I don't know what it is about some of you Canadian cats. You know we have our speaking of people we cut promos on. You know we've had our problems with Aubrey, and again for good reason. We don't just talk out the side of our neck when we say this shit. We have no. facts to back it up. Right. Apparently, Meg came out and said, "You know what? Yeah, this motherfucker shot me." And of course, like you said, like you said earlier in the "You Ride with Biden" segment, sometimes folks can't agree on shit and they want shit to be perfect. First, they're, they're propping her up, and then she says that after defending this dude. Now they're calling her a snitch. So, JB, in your mind, Meg coming out and saying, this dude was going <laughs> to shot me, are, are you with it or not? Yeah, fuck it, Meg. Tell your truth. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't got shit to hide. On the real, tell your truth. I mean, any broad who has tried to protect their man, right? And, you know, Meg, she raised Biff Ward, Houston. You know what I'm saying? She got that foundation, right? She tried to protect the dude because you know, it was an embarrassing situation. She was probably like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, okay. Now she's telling her truth. Tell your truth, baby. Fuck it. Fuck them. Fuck everybody. Tell your truth. She's not a snitch. Fuck Tory Lane, right? You know what I'm saying? Who the fuck is this punk? Like, for real, like, who the fuck is Tory Lane? What has he ever did for anybody? What has he ever done? All right, this motherfucker got like one hit record. You know what I'm saying? And y'all making him, trying to make him a star. Like y'all are like, only y'all can do. Right? The younger generation, like, he's the go. Go to what? Go to what? Go to terrible hairlines is what he is. Go to what? Right? I ain't saying, I ain't saying, I ain't saying nobody said Tory Lane is a goat. What I'm saying is that. Y'all are quick to goat everybody who ain't got they ain't, they ain't on their track record ain't long enough, right? Their reach ain't long enough to box with God. You know what I'm saying? It just ain't. Right? Not even like these motherfuckers that's, that's like I don't no knock on nobody, right? But Mac Miller was a good was a good rapper. The motherfucker wasn't phenomenal, right? He died, now everybody loves him, right? Juice but he World. Made, he made great music though, because he was a producer and a songwriter. He can, he, he can make great music all he wants. Like, I know what you mean. He yeah, can't. Mother, like, motherfucker, steady crowning this motherfucker because he gone. You know what I'm saying? He's dead now. They like, oh, Mac Miller's music was so amazing. Like, was it? Was you praising this man like this when he was on Earth walking and breathing? Now all of a sudden he's gone. Now he's so great. Juice World. This young man ain't. He didn't even make nine, ten songs. Oh, Juice World's so awesome. Is he? Right? Is he? I guess to y'all, I don't know what the fuck with that. Like, I, but at the same time, I hear it. Like, my dad told me that it ain't, ain't for my ear. Right? Tory Lane ain't shit. Right? Tory Lane's probably more popular for the shit that he did during quarantine than any fucking song he's ever made. Exactly. Right? 
So what? Fuck yep. Tory Lane. Fuck Tory Lane. Hey, man, Stag, tell your truth, baby girl. Shit. Tell your motherfucking truth. Speaking of truth, <laughs> WAP is not that bad. Right? <laughs> I'm not talking about the fact that I like the song. Right? Because first of all, it's got a sample. Right? That, you know what I'm saying? That's like a straight booty song sample. Like, you couldn't come with nothing original to say to make your WAP song. Right? Second of all, everybody's talking about the lyrics of the song. Motherfucker, I grew up listening to Trina and Lil' Kim. Right? Yep. Yeah. Who wasn't talking who who wasn't just talking about fucking nigga because he got money, right? They were talking about turning the motherfucker out so that they that the dude would do anything for him, right? That's what they were talking about. Right? They talking about turning the motherfucker out. Right? Y'all talking about fucking the man because of what he got. Great that y'all teaching the female youth of our nation that, right? Mm-hmm. It is what it is. I guess I'm old. I'm getting old, Benny. Old. Yeah, you know, you, you it's all right. You you had a little, you had a little, you had a little get off my lawn moment there for a second, but it, it's cool. I'm getting old. I'm yelling at that cloud. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. But look, I mean, I, I'm getting old, man. Megan, Shit. Megan, the thing with Megan is Megan can really rap, and it's cool. She can flow. She can hit it. Women are coming together, not having pain. Right. Hit records and get their money. And all that shit, uh, Jaden. Oh, yeah. I, I, I got no, I, I got no, I got no quarrel with it, man. You know what I'm saying? Get your bread right. out. It's just, right. man, can we rap about something else besides fucking, fucking the nigga with the bag? Can we do something else besides that? Oh, hey, you know, maybe may, you know, they're young artists. She'll, she'll still. Where's, where, where's, where's the lyrical content? All right, shout out to Rhapsody. What up, girl? Rhapsody, Rhapsody. What up, girl? You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Lauren Hill. We miss you. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of people living their truth, when we come back, we're going to have our exclusive interview with our guy, Deshaun Foster. We're going to be talking about his career, now into his coaching career, and everything in between. There's a lot to talk about because he is a Pac-12 coach, and of course, they have postponed the season. Especially the NFL. There's a lot to get to with him. We always love insight from former players. All that and more when we come back. This is the JB and Benny the Review Podcast. We'll be right back. You. Hey, Bird Gang, this is your boy, former Cardinal Jeremy Bridges. Tune in to the number one podcast on the web, my show, the JB and Benaboo Review, right here on KSRN Arizona. Boom, and a five, four, three, two, one. What's good, reviewers? Welcome back to episode 161, JB and Benaboo Review podcast. We appreciate you rocking with us. As oh, always, episodes, bro. Yeah, I know. Blows your mind every time, I know. Episodes, like, damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn, bro. Right. Time flies in the savage world because we've been getting it in and giving you that good content, that good dope for sure. several years at this point. And this is no exception. Uh, first and foremost, before we get into it, please, again, follow us at JB and Benny Blue, jbandbennyblueview.com for all past episodes, content, and merch. Get on the YouTube channel. JB's Hog Talk is cracking now. We're on episode four. If you are a young O-lineman, high school level, college level, trying to get that tape, it ain't all about huddle and rivals, baby. Get man, the sprinkling, tape look, from I'm, the man. I'm, I'm sprinkling, sprinkling that, 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 that dust on him, man. You know what I'm saying? Give him that game. E-40 style. Give him the game. You know what I'm saying? They just got to soak it up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> get, the, yeah, get, get the game. Speaking of getting the game from a man who has played it and is teaching it to young men coming up, we are joined oh, yeah. by an illustrious guest. 
friend of the podcast, JB, your personal friend, please, if you would, do the honors of sharing with reviewers who is joining us for this. <laughs> well, well, I, you know, I, I take pride in my introductions, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, this is, uh, this will be the second, second young man that we've had from Tustin High School. Ooh. All right, on our Frosty. podcast. All right, yeah, we had Frosty on. Yeah, Frosty, all right. Yeah, a few while back. So okay. this is the second young man we've had from Tustin. So it's, it's obvious that there's greatness going on out there in Tustin. You know, you got a bunch of guys being shot out of there, man, old school, new school. Need to learn, though. Today we got my guy, all right? Uh, I encountered this man, Benny, for the first time when I got to Carolina in 2006. Uh, and, you know, real recognized, real. You know what I'm saying? So we we clicked immediately. Uh, I was still uh, extremely ratchet. Uh, <laughs> you, the, the, those, the, see, they're saying that you can take the hood out the, you know, take the homie out the hood, but you can't take the hood out the homie stood. It spoke volumes <laughs> for me and this man, right? Uh, so we, 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 we clicked up. And not to mention we were both offensive players, you know what I'm saying? So we were all in the meeting room together, you know what I'm saying, the huddle, especially once I started starting. Uh, it just went down here from there. I love his mother, father. I know his folks. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, <laughs> just do. I can't say enough about it, man. You know what I'm saying? Stand up, dude. Uh, I still remember when you and uh, what's the what's the linebacker's name got in a fight in practice. <laughs> I remember that to this day. <laughs> we were doing big bump. I tell the story. We were doing big bump. Right? It was it was a goal line period. We were short yards. We were doing big bump. Right. Uh, what was the linebacker's name? I said his name the other day. I was uh, talking to somebody about it. Seward. Yeah, young Seward. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, Seward was one of those, you know, I call them white linebackers. They're crazy. You know what I'm saying? They, you know, long hair, you know what I'm saying? Probably, probably juicing a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> C came up and felt him. Pop. I was like, oh, oh, oh. Well, next thing you know, the shot. <laughs> and the hold off and got his ass. Foxy grabbed Foxy of all people ran in there and grabbed smoke. So it was like, I was like, I wasn't, I ain't breaking up shit. I was waiting on somebody else to jump. Like, <laughs> I, I, I wish y'all would. He did wrong too. So this man, um, I got to run out his accolades. Played in the NFL, running back, you know what I'm saying, for the Carolina Panthers and the San Francisco 49ers. Proud of UCLA, right? In 2012 to 2014. Uh, and now is coaching. For the Bruins, all right. He had a, a short stint with the Texas Tech Red Raiders out there in Texas. Um, but I'm proud to introduce my brother. You know what I'm saying? And forever, my brother, Mr. Deshaun Foster. How you doing, Smoke? Everybody, I'm sorry, hold on. So everybody, y'all know about Deshaun. I know him as Smoke, right? So when I say Smoke, that's what I'm speaking of. How you doing, Smoke? Good to have you on the show, man. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Funny thing is, Drew Carter just called me the other day talking about that fight. Just said probably like two days ago. Just said yeah. <laughs> I, I talked to Drew every once in a while on, uh, on Twitter, yeah. man. He, uh, he followed me a while back. I was like, man, this ain't true. It is true. So I followed him up, man. You know, we go back and forth every once in a while on there, man. But all the homies, man, I, I think about those days, bro. Uh, and we were out there in, in Carolina, man. We were, it was, it was, it was fun, but I learned how to be a professional athlete in Carolina. I tell people all the time because you and, you know what I'm saying, and Ruck and, Mint and uh, Pep and all the guys, you know what I'm saying, really carried yourself as professionals as wild as we were, you know what I'm saying, on, on and off the field. Uh, when it came time to handle business, that's that's exactly what we did. So uh, I appreciate you, brother, you know what I'm saying, one of the, one of the, one of the cats that I feel like that raised me in this game and uh, it made me understand that it was a, you know, there's levels. We had to continue to step upward, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Couldn't do the things we used to do 
back in the day. <laughs> you ain't little no more. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah, 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 exactly. You ain't, you ain't little no more. You can't. You, you get in big trouble. You get in big folk trouble, like my grandma said. You, ain't, you don't get a little nigga trouble. You get in big folk trouble now. Nah, you know what I'm saying? For real. Uh, rest but it's good, there, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because I was talking to Carrie, me and Carrie golf yesterday. Okay. So I was talking to Carrie, and we was just like, a lot of our friends are defensive players. And we gravitated to each other just because our mentality was the same. And right. when you say it, think about all the players you just named. It was all defensive dudes, but we played offense, but we had that mentality. Right, that's, right. And that's gravitate to each other. You exactly know what I'm right. So, we, yeah, we, you're exactly right. We, we had an attack. What, what he's saying, reviews, is that we had an attack mindset. Yeah. Like we, you know, like because defenders have to go, they have to seek and destroy. Well, we felt the same way on offense. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Big deal. So, uh, lots going on right now, Smoke. Well, I mean, a lot. Uh, but we're going to get into – I just want to know, be personally, I want to know a little more how the coaching thing came about. You've been doing this for quite a while, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, you know what I'm saying, this, you, 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 I don't know if you started off with your alma mater, but that's when I when I first realized, I'm like, damn, Smoke coaching. And, like, you know what I'm saying, so, bam, you were UCLA. Then, bam, you, got, you went over to Texas Tech for a little bit. I uh, thought that was going to be the move. You know what I'm saying? Run that down to us. Let, let us know how that happened. You know what I'm okay. saying? The whole little story. All right. So I came back to go back to school in 2012. So Coach Mora was here. And then the athletic director was the um, the coach that recruited me to UCLA when I was coming mm-hmm. out as a coach, Bobby Fields. Coach Fields asked me, he was like, if you're going to be here going to school, you might as well just be around the team a little bit. So I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, I was missing the game a little bit, but I didn't necessarily want to coach. You know what right. I mean? Like, just I, I didn't know if that was the move what I wanted to do. So, being around the team, it just grew and grew, and my role just started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So, the first two years I was an undergrad coach, and then my third year I GA. So I was a grad assistant my third year. Fourth year I was player development. My fifth year I got the job at Texas Tech. So that was 2016. Okay. I got the running back job at Tech. I didn't know Cliff or anything like that. Just interviewed, got the job, and, and went from there. And that was Pat's last season. So I got to see Pat Mahomes that year. We was number one offense. Just saw to see, just got to see how Cliff runs runs his stuff. You know what I mean? Like right. you want to go fast. That's a daily thing. It's not just we going fast on Saturday. This is we going fast Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You know what I mean? Like everything is fast. So I, I learned that. And then I ended up getting the job back at UCLA in uh, seventeen, and I've been here since. Coach Moore hired me back, and then Chip kept me on when he when he got the job. So. It was uh, yeah, so it was just the bug just just started growing, you know. Once I got more involved in it, it just started growing more and more. And then uh, I was just fortunate enough to be at my alma mater and uh, help at the position that I coached. So it was a little bit more passionate to, to that, you know. What I mean, I want to see these young men succeed. Right. And it, it's just worked out so far. So you know, I, I I can't say that I necessarily saw myself coaching when I was that like that was going to be my plan. But you know, I wanted to graduate and then go from there, and this basically just worked out for me. Right, right. It was written. It was in the book. So, me personally, right, I'm, I'm taking – I tell people all the time the end game is the NFL, right? I want to coach football in the NFL. I want to coach offensive line in the NFL. I want to have the best offensive line in the NFL. I want my name to be attached to that, right? So, I, I keep in contact with Herm. Right, Herm was out here. So, I, you know, I'll shoot Herm and text every once in a while because I feel like, okay, he's a great connection to have. Uh, and he always tells me, he's like, JB, I don't have him. I don't have my staff now. But, you know, I talk. But I ain't gonna know what I'm saying. But, but, but if we, uh, you know, if someone open up, I, I let you. I don't know. And so he, he, he's always like looking out for me. And I appreciate that because this coaching thing is a who you know thing, right? Mm-hmm. Especially as you get higher up into the, like trying to get to the NFL, 
Like, smoke. I, I talk to people. Like, I talk to Ron. Uh, shout out to Ron Barry. He's dealing with this little cancer thing right now. He'll beat that. You know what I'm saying? That's that's how Ron is. Yeah. Uh, so, talking to Ron, uh, I hit Foxy up. You know what I'm saying? When he was still coaching, just kind of let him know I'm out there. I went to the coaching convention last year when they headed out here. Talked to Andy. Um, talk, got a chance to talk to, to C-Cliff. I, you know, me and Cliff played the senior bowl together. Uh, so, had a chance to see. Yeah, right. So, I had a chance to see Cliff. You know, joke with him a little bit, uh, see Kime and all those guys. And, but for me, it's like, everybody's like, why don't you just coach college for a little bit? Well, I, I will. You know what I'm saying? I think I can do a couple years in college. But see, my thing is this. And I need to ask you firsthand because you do it, right? Recruiting has become so different than it was back in the day, right? I, I remember vividly, you know what I'm saying, when I was getting recruited out of high school, People coming to your house, you know what I'm saying? You're getting phone calls, you know what I'm saying? Wasn't no social media. So, you know, I'm, I, you know, you got, I remember vividly Baylor coming and sitting in my living room talking to me and my dad, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Texas Tech came, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like schools like that. Uh, most of all the Mississippi schools came, state no miss. And it's just, it was just different. You know what I'm saying? Like you would talk to these people, your coach would tell you, hey, oh, so-and-so called and asked about you or, hey, being in, being in the locker room at this time, so-and-so is going to call and want to talk to you this school. But now you got social media, right? You got Snapchat, you got Twitter, you got IG, right? So that process, and I tell people all the time, they're like, well, you should go call, coach college football. I'm like, I will, but for me, that recruiting just kind of burns me a little bit because I I ain't really trying to kiss no kid's ass for six to eight months. And then he'd be like, yeah, I'm going to go to SC, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, so, tell me how you cope with that, man. How is that like? Because I know how you are, right? You know what I'm saying? I know how you are. So, tell me how you dealt with that. Tell me how that, you know, just, just run that whole, that, run that down for me. I want to know personally. I ain't never really talked to nobody about it. I just know what I know. How that go, man? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a thin line. You know, you got to find a way to, like I always tell people, some of my best friends right now are 16, 17. They fit to, you know what I'm saying? Like that's the post. Like that's, and it's crazy. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's insane, but that's how it goes. But it's, uh, you got to find the kids. Like you really got to find the kids that, that like ball. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because if they don't like ball, they're going to get caught in that other stuff. And that's when you're going to lose them. I like glitz and glamour. Oh, I like the, the the followers I get when I talk about this school. You know what right. I'm saying? It's not. So you got to find the kids that are locked in on ball and you know what I mean? And just make sure you can tell them because I'm just, I'm going to keep them 100 with you. Like, you, you're not going to get that car salesman over here. That's not how we, we're not going. You know what I mean? We about development over here. There's proof in the development and we just going to go from there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just had a fourth round pick that was a walk on. Right. You know what I mean? So that's development. That's not taking a four or five star and then pushing him along. Now that's that's showing him the way, getting him prepared. Go to the senior bowl, show them he can play ball, and go from there. You know what I'm saying? So right. it's all about. I'm gonna keep it 100 with the parents. This is what they're gonna get when they hear. It's never the um, the performers, the performance. I'm gonna coach them hard. You know what I'm saying? If they follow this, follow this blueprint that I got, we we should be successful. So I just try to keep it keep it real with them and keep it a buck. But you got to find the ones that want that. Because a lot of people want that other stuff. Oh yeah. And yeah. so and that's, that's the thing. It's a tough line because sometimes you can think you got one that like that. Yeah, he's 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 bought in. He's he's about this like, real ball. And then like, at the last second, he's over here doing this because he's into a little bit more than just 
really wanting to play football. You know what I'm saying? Right, Some kids right. go riding the wave, and it's 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 just a different time, like you said. Hey, you got to remember these kids, celebrities coming out of high school now. I was just about to ask you that. That was the next the next right. question out of my mouth. Yeah. That right. that star system, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't I, I, I didn't even know. I didn't even know how that star system worked, right? So I would, you know what I'm saying, like just coaching last year, you know what I'm saying, doing the whole big man competitions and all that stuff. Like one of my kids who is at Arizona State now, who was our starting center last year, right? Probably the biggest center you've ever seen in your life in high school. Six five and weighed about 300 pounds, right? So this kid, he's telling me, he was like, ah, oh, you know what I'm saying, like coach. So he mentioned, he was like, this is how cats get their stars. I'm like, hold on, what? So... Me, and, and if you watch Hog Talk, I don't really like these, I call them rah-rah camps, so these exposure camps. I hate them. The, the, the fucking, uh, the, 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 what's it called? The, uh, the, when you get the little, the opening. Oh, that's probably the worst shit I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> right? And I, and I coached at the opening a couple times, uh, when I was out there in Cali. Uh, and, and like, the first time I did it, I was just kind of like fell back. Cause like all these dudes is just hooping and hollering, and I'm not like, what are y'all hollering about? This kid, he snatched this kid to the ground. Like, so I'm just speaking about offensive line play. He snatched this kid to the ground and get up beating his chest. Motherfucker, that's holding, right? And you gonna get called for that, right? <laughs> Why are y'all praising this kid for doing that? He got beat clearly. Snatched the dude to the ground. That's holding, right? The second time I coached, I walked off. I, I was, I don't even want to finish this shit, right? So how that 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 word celebrity, and I say the same thing. I'm like, but well, these kids is famous. Like the kid Thibodeau that went to um that went to Oregon, right? I was out in California around the time he was playing. You know what I'm saying? I got the chance to see him play at Narbonne, and I'm like, I mean not Narbonne, but out at um out at Oaks, right? Thousand Oaks. He was out there at that school. I'm like, yo, this dude's a monster, right? But then I, my son showed me on social media. This dude got like a thousand followers. <laughs> Like you got enough followers to be getting sponsors, son. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, how does that work? Like you know what I'm saying? Have you dealt with kids that have? Because like social media will give you money, right? For having so many followers. Like so, our kids. I mean, first of all, the egos, right? Have you had to check a couple kids? Like I said, I know you, right? Have you had to bring a couple kids back down to reality? Check a couple of them and make them understand. Because I know I have myself. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I don't give a damn how many stars you got. But you know what I'm saying? Like you, you gotta show and prove every Friday night. Like, you know what I'm saying? So how the how, how you had to deal with that, man? It's just once they get here, then you gotta start working on that part. Right. I mean, that's when you when you get them, because then they can start understanding, like, look, everybody here was you. Right. Don't get it twisted like you the only one that's done this. Like this is a system that's this train has been running and it's gonna keep right. going. Exactly. It's just the kids really gotta focus on like what what got you to this point you know don't don't get it don't get confused and like football opens doors for you mm-hmm. don't think that you know like remember keep the the man, keep the, the the main focus the main focus you know because football opens some other doors and you might go into the doors and just start veering away from football now right you know because you're just focused on that and, and you think that that's what it is but you need to get back to football and lock in on ball so i make sure i just try to keep keep a rule with my guys and let them know like look i know you're gonna have other interests and stuff and and because it's it, football opening stuff for you but if you keep football the main focus you'll have opportunity to get to all of that stuff and everything else you know what i mean like a lot of guys but 
We football, you got an expiration date. You like milk. You just right. don't know your date. Better know Nobody knows, you know what I'm saying? You don't know your date, right. but you want to expire. Right. Jerry Rice played what, 20 years? Jerry went out there play, you know what I'm saying? Played 20 years. He's gonna be a regular person longer than he was a football player. Right. And he played 20. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So everybody else, you need to make sure that you can you have a plan after football, but ex- let's make sure that we get everything out of ball that we can right now. Right. You know what I mean? Because everything else, anything else that you want to do in life, it's not, it doesn't end. You want to be a rapper. You want to do this. You want to do clothing. You want to open it. All that doesn't end. You can right. do that whatever. But football will end. This window is closing each day. Every day you wake up, that window closed a little bit more. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> uh, oh, I know. You know, I know. Exactly. So I'll be just trying to just try, just trying to tell my boys from experience, learning from myself, my homies, just anything that could help them. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I try to lean on that a lot, but it's tough when you get the kids that football isn't what's pushing them. Right, right. Yeah, that's, that's when I'll start having problems. Like, okay, so you don't really like ball. Right. <laughs> right. You just yeah, you like you like the the, the, the things that come along with it. Right. You you you, you like being the big man on campus, you know what I'm saying? All that and yeah, living off your reputation. Exactly. Well, <laughs> that is speaking cool. of being speaking of being on campus or not being on campus in this instance, you're an interesting time, coach, with how you got you have to approach recruiting. I mean, as you know, fall sports postponed till they're gonna looks like they're gonna reconsider it or reopen it at the top of the year. Even though not other, not all the other Power Five conferences are going that route, I have a sneaking suspicion that they're going to come to uh, realize the error of their ways uh, in the coming months with some of the other uh, conferences that are still moving business as usual. But the Pac-12, you know, postponed at this point. So from your perspective, as you said, you got 16, 17-year-old besties putting you up on the new little baby song and uh, all this other stuff. Like you, you know, you got all the new stuff from them and you you give them an offer and then you check their twitter say blessed to receive an offer from ucla you know how they do they put the they put the photoshop picture and it's a whole it's a whole racket like jb said so with how with how you're looking at this fall when you're so used to routine like you said getting your guys in there and acclimated and making sure that they are learning the playbook and building the good habits that's not necessarily happening now so in your day-to-day now, how has that changed? And also, how has that changed your approach to recruiting? It's a, this is a total different, this is, a, I, I've never been in this kind of, this realm. Just the virtual rant realm of everything. Right. Like, Zoom, Zoom party, baby. Yeah, it's different right. like this. And recruiting is turning into Zoom too. So, you know, you got to do a lot more. The only thing that's helped in the pandemic is that we've been able to Zoom with the players more. So now you're getting more formidable talking instead of just on the phone. Mm-hmm. Since I can't go to your school, you can't come to UCLA neither. But, you know, we were going to be behind anyway because we're in California. So the Pac-12 was going to have to do something because other other towns and states, they can practice or they can do on-field instruction. They can do stuff like that. And we were still barely able to lift weights in pods of 10. You know what I'm saying? So we couldn't do anything together. As, as coaches so it was we, we were getting behind as the, as it as it went along so it was kind of in the in the best round that you know you're losing what four four schools in the in california you know what i mean so it was kind of in a bad situation if california didn't open we were just going to be behind because everybody else in the pac-12 could start practicing so it, they, that was something that they were just going to have to figure out but if you can't put these kids in classes then they can't be on the field you know right. I mean? student athlete it's not athlete student and that's just how we conducted is that you're a student athlete. 
Well, if that's how we're gonna do it, then if they can't be in these classes, they can't be on the field. And that's just how we gotta we gotta approach it just like that. So I think hopefully once we can get this 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 thing under control, it'll start going good. We we brought our players back. We haven't had any any negative tests since like July 7th or anything like that. So our, our little mini bubble that we had for our players was working so far. And we just try to keep the numbers down of everybody that's coming into the building. You know, if you're, right. you're a player, come in there, strength staff and trainers, you know, and then coaches, you know, we would rotate through there to come out and just watch practice and stuff like that. But other than that, you just got to find a, it's hard to get my guys into a routine because each day is different. You know, it's right. just, you know, it's, it's just a different, it's just a different thing. Each day they're waking up and then a lot of the kids dealing with mental health, you know, it's a little bit different than when we was playing JV, you know, it was kind of, you, you, you kind of just figured it out yourself a little bit, you know, right. at mental health, we didn't really have anybody to talk to or turn to with that stuff. But right. now you know, I, I can bring that up to them, make sure how they feel mentally. Cause a lot of these boys, this is the first time they ain't have ball. Right. right. When you don't have exactly. ball the first time, you know what I'm saying? So it's just make sure that they, they mentally there and, and get them in a routine of maybe we can start a little bit more different stuff in life. I try to tell my guys, let's, let's do some internships right now. You know what I mean? Right. You can lift weights. Let's let's just try to get ahead for after football. You know, right, right. It's right. time, this is the time to do it. Exactly. Yeah. You do that right now because there's not a lot of football. All you got is weights and stuff like that. So I just try to hit them the game and just how to do a little bit of stuff to to try to get ready for life. Right, right. no doubt. That, that, and, that, and that's the best way to be. Man. Like there, there's no no doubt that there are way more resources available to these young athletes. Uh, you know, I joke about when I was at the University of Southern Mississippi to the top all day and. Uh, we used to have to take a class called Refocus, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody had to take the class. And that was our our answer to mental health, right? It was mm-hmm. just unwritten and it was unspoken while we were taking that class, but everybody had to take the class. It was called Refocus, mm-hmm. right? So these young people today, like you said, it's good that you got that they got a coach like yourself who's saying, Hey, how's your mental health? Man? How you feeling? You know what I'm saying? How 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 how's you know what I'm saying? How are things around the house or or you know, whatever, whatever. So and they need to hear that, you know what I'm saying? Like, so you're still coaching, you're still mentoring, you know what I'm saying? Like you said, via Zoom, right? Face to face with them. It's like FaceTime, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't, me personally, like with my children, I don't, I barely, I rarely call my children. I always FaceTime them, right? Because I want to see their face, you know what I'm saying? I want to talk to them face to face, even though they hold the phone like this when they FaceTime me. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, can you look at the phone? What? Yep. I'm just saying, like, goddamn, you know, my face, you know, yeah. Get- Carson. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you get close my eyes. You know what I'm saying? They sitting there like, I, I, I. I'm like, damn, can you call, can you stop for a second and hold the phone? I, I promise I won't be long because I ain't been just sit on the phone to talk to you. That's one thing my kids know too. I ain't yeah. been just sit on the phone to talk to you no damn 10 minutes. So you're smooth two minutes from me. I'm going to learn everything I need to know. Hey, you good? Cool, man. School straight. All right. You know, I love you. Miss you. All right. I'm out. I'm, I'm so my grandmother. You know what I'm saying? She wasn't with that, that old long phone conversation shit. But these, so I, I want to ask you smoke about this because I think about it all the time. Uh, how this whole situation with COVID, right? And, and I told Benny, right? And I continue to tell Benny because he kept telling me and he kept coming at me, kept saying, I don't know. NFL might not play this year. NFL might not play this year. And I told him, smoke, you know, that, that goddamn money train will not be stopped. All right. But they was going to figure out a way to get these cats in practice. They was going to figure out a way to get these cats on that field and figure out a way to get these games played some kind of way because there's too much money involved, right? Too much money involved. Now, I ain't heard, <laughs> it makes me laugh because these motherfuckers are so dirty. 
I heard one goddamn negative test in the NFL yet. They had 77 tests that went to their place up there, and they supposedly some of them was negative, and they came back off. I mean, positive. Some of them all came back negative. All of them came back negative. 77 tests, and all of them came back negative. <sighs> so, I, I, so I just kept trying to tell Benny this, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he, he's like, Benny likes to see the good in, in people and situations and, you know, so he's an optimist. <laughs> I'm a realist, right? Motherfucker, it is what it is. That money train will not be stopped. When I found out they have a COVID reserve list, I said, oh, yeah, these motherfuckers dirty as hell. <laughs> they dirty as hell, man. Like, that is some wild shit. But I had to tell Benny, I had to tell him. I had to tell him, look, man, that train ain't going to stop, man. It's just going to be, all right, let's say somebody gets sick in the quarterback room because you got to quarantine everybody that's, that's been in contact with somebody somebody go down. Right. You know what I mean? Like, there ain't enough players on the team. We lose, okay, the, the third string quarter, what a state in the NFL, they only have two. So let's say the third running back got got sick. So what, we got to quarantine the room, so now we lost two others? Right. Got yeah, two running backs gone, so they're gonna have to do some uh, some old Montgomery from uh, Green Bay shit and <laughs> receive a player running back that week. Yeah, I'm telling you, my prediction. I'm telling you, it, Cap is gonna find a way back in, and he's gonna lead the San Francisco 49ers to a championship. That's the coach. I, That's how wild I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't agree with that. Obviously, I can't agree with that, man. <laughs> I, 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 Cap Cap gets in. Yeah, I get that part. But yeah. Cap leading San Francisco to a championship? Nah, man. Nah, it's bird gang all day. We don't, I know you don't want to hear yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> the only way I'm gonna say, the only time I'm gonna change my allegiance to anybody NFL wise is when they start paying me again. All right, so if I just happen to become a coach of San Francisco Forty Niners, then hey, oh the faithful, we on, <laughs> right? But yeah, Cap gonna get back in this thing. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Uh, so we got to, we got to go here. All right, I hate to do it, but we got to. This is where our world's at, our nation. All right. Um, we have had another shooting, right? Uh, an unarmed black man. Uh, this is named Jacob uh, Blake, mm-hmm. young Jacob Blake, man. And, and shout out to him, man. Many prayers going up to him. He's fighting for his life. I think he's in stable condition now, but he's paralyzed from the waist down. All right. He gets shot seven times in the side and back. And of course, the people of Kenosha are protesting, right? And I tell people all the time. You know, I work with a lot of white people, and they don't, they're like, you know, I don't understand the looting part and the writing. I was like, when people don't understand what else to do, then there comes destruction, all right? When you were a kid, and you got mad, and you didn't know what else to do, what you do? Throw some shit up. You threw your Legos down, you know what I'm saying? You wanted to break them shits, you know what I'm saying? Like, as you got older, and I know I've done it, and got my ass splacked up, punched a hole in the wall, you know what I'm saying? Because I was mad, I was upset. Well, these young people, black and white, are outraged about the things that are going on in our nation. So they're protesting, and then protests start to turn violent. Well, <laughs> it makes me laugh to say it. it ain't funny. But you got these God-fearing white men out here that have automatic weapons that are aiding the police. All right? First of all, the police show up with riot gear, right? There's no... There's no trying to de-escalate the situation, right? They show up in riot gear. They, they, they come ready for war, right? But there's a young man, uh, last name Rittenhouse, I think his last name is, who drives 30 minutes from Illinois, across state lines, with a long gun. 
right? Meets with the police with the rest of them with the with the rest of the God fearing white men. It was about fifteen of them talking to the police, right? Police thank them for being there. We well, appreciate y'all being here aiding us in this process. All right, thanks. Pat on the back. Right, you're a good man for this. Well, this crazy little motherfucker goes off and shoots four people. Walks down the street, past police. I I just my, me personally smoke, and I, I've been trying to be real cool about all this shit, right? But at this point, I want blood, right? I think that I told Benny that I think that kid should die a horrible death, right? He really should, and it, it ain't gonna be right because the people don't understand nothing but death, right? It ain't gonna be right until cops that kill people, people un- unarmed innocent people, get killed. People like Cal Rittenhouse who think that they can take the justice into their own hands like they fucking Batman. He should die on camera, right? Like some Afghanistan shit, right? We need. I, I was telling Benny yesterday. Other countries got it. Got got us mad. They got us beat in in, in the justice department. Do you still in other countries? They cut your goddamn hand off, <laughs> right? I ain't stealing shit. You ain't cut my hand off, right? You rape a woman in another country? They gonna cut your dick off. Who the fuck want to be dickless running around here? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so my, explain that to me. Like, I, if you you that hard up for some pussy, you rape a bitch, knowing they gonna cut your dick off when they find you, you're not gonna do it, right? There has to be a sterner justice system, right? So what I'm getting at is this. Benny posed a question to me, so I'm gonna pose a question to you. What do Biden and Harris need to do, right, when they get in office? I know Ice Cube had a little thing basically saying what's in it for us, right? I like to hear my people's perspective on it. Like, what what do they need to do, right? What needs to happen? Because they're going to get elected, right? Donald Trump is on his last leg. He knows that. That's why COVID is steady pumping. He's steady. They're leaving that animal out there so they can, the five percenters, I say the two percenters, right? The two percentile tax bracket can continue to get these big bailouts and get this money. The rich are getting richer by the day and by the million, by the day. Because COVID is a smoking mirrors, right? So once Harris and Biden get elected, what do they need to do? What needs to happen? What's the what's the what's the lowest form of law enforcement? The police. Right. You know what I'm saying? I was gonna say yeah. top flight. I was gonna say top flight security. Just, <laughs> no. That's the one, they one step below that. Right. They. they yeah. yeah. Right. Basically. So the lowest form of of law enforcement is police. And that's how it's operated. Like we gotta, the process of how they're picking people needs to change. Like you know what I mean? It's just the whole because every everything else, the FBI is not operating like that. Mm-hmm. CIA isn't operating. You know what I mean? Like there's other law enforcement that aren't, and you have to qualify to it. You have to, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of stuff coming. Right. And then maybe if they have like yearly tests, exams, physical, you know what I mean, training, anything like I don't, I don't know what happens exactly when you're in the, when you're a police officer after academy and your first year or whatnot, you know what I mean. Once you get on the street, like you have to pass another physical test because if you can't physically do something, you're going to resort to something else, right? Because all he did was turn his back, walk around a car, and get in the car. As soon as you turned your back on me, I would have tackled you right there on the ground. You know what I mean? Like, but if I'm physically not able to do that, 
Now that's why I have my gun drawn and I'm walking behind you instead of just stop. You know what I mean? Like it's just right. a different. But it's all like anything that's the lowest level of something isn't doesn't operate the best. Right. You need to figure that out. Like that's it's all in the process of how who you're picking, how they're picking them, and then what's going on after. You know what I mean? So they they need to fix that before we can do anything else. Like you know what I mean? Like. They got it. We're gonna we're gonna have a um, an officer, I, a guy I know uh, from the gym. I uh, I work at EOS Fitness as a fitness manager. And this guy <clears throat> and his son are both with well, sons of the military, and he became a cop in his older life. Right now he's fifty. Right, white guy from Boston, cool as hell. Right, him and his son both cool as hell. So he came to me two days ago, uh, Benny. I don't know if you saw if you checked uh, Facebook. He sort of sent a message to you. Uh, because we got to get him on, and he's but he's Phoenix PD, right? He was telling us, telling me that he believes that, like you said, that police need to start having classes, right? And there needs to be more psychological classes, right, on how to de-escalate situations, right? They need to be trained better, and I thought this was great, like you just said, they need to be trained better in subduing and physical contact situations, right? Because like you said, if they can't operate, if you scared of me, you know what I'm saying, I'll rip. I, I get two back, I get two cars every time. If I get pulled over, there's two cars coming every time. Right? Uh, they, they, once, now, once they see my, my <laughs> license, 66294, they like, oh, oh any black? <laughs> yeah. And they, they smile and shit. Next thing I know, somebody else pull up and somebody coming to my other window. I'm like, yo. You want, man? You got my license, registration, everything. So my dude was telling me that he said that he believes that there should be more psychological testing. He said, even in the beginning, he was like, because some people don't know how to problem solve. All right, that's a big, huge problem amongst law enforcement. And these these dudes are just putting a gun out shooting people. The kid that got shot in what Pasadena was it Pasadena? The kid got shot in the back. He was running from the police, running from them. He's thirty yards in front of them, back to the police. My brother, my little brother, is a, is a detective in Macomb, Mississippi. He's been a cop forever, right? So I was talking to him, and he was like, once somebody turns their back on us, they are no longer a threat to us. So there's no reason to shoot, right? And he said, I ain't chasing no fucking body. He said, I got a little thing with me that, that can get anybody. It's called a radio. He says, all I'm going to do is say, yeah, he went south on such and such and such. Next thing you know, another squad car going to pull up. They're going to corner this dude, and it is what it is. No need to shoot nobody in the back. So I feel you. I totally understand what you're saying. So we got to correct law enforcement reviewers out there. You know what I'm saying? And it's got to start at, like Smoke said, at the lowest level. It's a damn shame that we even had to have this conversation, right? Like, that's that's the worst part about the whole situation. Uh, it sucks the world we live in. But Ben, if you ain't got nothing else, man, we're gonna let our guy go. Uh, I should, I, you know, what I'm saying, I appreciate you being on, brother. Uh, it's uh, it's always good when I can sit and chop it over my guys, man. You know what I'm saying? Especially you know what I'm saying this platform. Benny, you got anything else? Well, yeah. Let's uh, you know, we you know what we like to do. You you, we'll, we'll call it JB. We'll call it as you're burning. I know you wanted to burn, so you definitely burned on that one. Let's let's let let's let Coach leave us with something positive. You we Coach, we appreciate you because, like JB, you understand that you have an identity and a responsibility outside of football. And it sounds like you're helping these young men, especially the ones you can't see in person and get into a routine as you mentioned, with internships and mental health and things like that. So if you were speaking to your recruits, you know, players that, that should come and, come and see you for the work, you know, come come sign that LOI, 
what should they what can what can you leave them to take with them as we all try to get through you know this this corona madness just you gotta get in the daily routine and don't get out of it because you don't know how long you're gonna be in this so you know what i mean get in a routine and, and make that your daily thing so that's basically what i did for my guys you guys are gonna get in the routine wake up do this hit weights watch film they'll go back and do some field work day's done you know what I mean? So once, and then I'm gonna change that routine once school starts. So we got about two more weeks, and we'll get their schools, their their school, and then I can change their routine again. But <clears throat> when you're a football player, you just used to stops. Man. You're on a train, and I go to weights, I go to class, I eat, I go to class, I live. You know what I mean? I go to practice. We just on the train. You just keep going. So find a routine that you can get in, because the, the the better you get in the routine, the better your life is gonna be. Because then you'll know when you off track. So as a, as, a, as a kid, find a way to get into a routine and just try to keep your daily routine and just go from there. But other than that, you know what I mean? <clears throat> and then try to listen to people that have been in your shoes, that have experienced some of the stuff that you've done. You know what I mean? Game right there. That's game right there. <laughs> That's done what you've done. Because you, you said it too. Like some of these guys, they, they just taking your money and you're doing some crazy drills that ain't got nothing to do with football. It ain't. It won't convert. It's not translating. It ain't going to do nothing. So find somebody that that has the knowledge and, and, and has done what you've done, has been in them shoes. And there's, there's still good coaches that haven't played. I ain't going to say that, that that they're in, but, you know what I mean, let's just try to find good jobs, really good people. And, and my number one thing, remember, guys, when you playing football, don't don't get caught up in all that pajama ball. That's what I call that seven-on-seven seven and all That's that. That's what it is. Yeah, that, don't get caught in the pajamas because there's an element to ball, and that's about you can get hit. And that changes everybody's thinking. It changes who you are as a person. So yep. remember, once you play a real ball, there's an element out there you can get hit, and that changes stuff. So don't don't get too high or too low, and what's going on in seven on seven and stuff like that. Just try to get a lot of real ball in, and, and go from there. But I love y'all having me on this show, man. I, I love to come back. You know, what I mean? this, this this was fun. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, we definitely have. You know, what I'm saying we have we have recurring. You know what I'm saying? People coming back on the show, man. We definitely do that, man. But I appreciate you coming on, brother. I love you to death, man. You know what I'm saying? Once all this crap is over, you know, so I'm going to get out there, you know what I'm saying, show you how to get out on this golf course one time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if my back will hold up, you know what I'm saying? Old man's back. You know what I'm saying? I got to. You gotta get a little treatment before I play, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, I gotta get, oh yeah, I stretch, I foam roll, you know what I'm saying? I gotta get the little, the little gun, and, you know what I'm saying? All, you know, all that. That's what's oh, yeah. I get out there you and play football a certain way. Listen, you play football a certain way, it's, it's, you're gonna remember that you was playing. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Life. And, and that, back is, <laughs> that back gonna tell you every time, you know what I'm saying? That back, that back your best friend. Cause that back ain't gonna lie to you. Hey, <laughs> you're doing too much. Right, yeah. Calm down now, slow down. You know what I'm saying? It's been time smoking. It's been time. I've been on like the third hole and swinging a big stick. You know what I'm saying? You swinging and you hit something nice. Oh, 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 oh! I ain't gonna swing it that hard no more. <laughs> Every swing after that, real smooth and easy. I started walking the other day. I told the homie to come pick me up. Like, man, come on, man, I'm done. Oh no, I was like. <laughs> You tried to walk 18. Ooh, wee. I did it one time in my life, and that, that was in a tournament. Like we, you know, we we agreed. Everybody, don't say agreed to walk. Ooh, shit. Let me let me get on that card. I got a, I got a brand new respect for golfers, bro. They walk. You know what I'm saying? 18. Some of them cats play 36 holes. Like you know what I'm saying? Sometimes they play 36 holes in one day. That's ludicrous. Think about that weekend though. That Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, like, that's a. That's rough, man. That's rough. 
Oh, where, where, where can people find you? Social media, all that stuff. All right, so my uh, man, what is my stuff? Uh, <laughs> Instagram is uh, hold on, my Twitter. Where you look at? I'm old, man. Hold on. Yeah, it's, it's all right, I'm Deshaun Foster 26 on Twitter, and my Instagram All right, my Instagram is <laughs> DF26. D-F-T-W-O-S-I-X. Yes, sir. Perfect. We, we'll we'll link it in the description. Uh we appreciate you for joining us, sir. You will you will be back. And uh, make sure to follow us at JB and Benny Blue. This episode will be I smoke some put, put I'm sorry, my bad, Benny. Put your number in our in our DM so I have it, bro, so I can see I can I can slick it, I can save it. Okay. All right, for sure. Sure. There it is. The, the, D, the DM King, Dr. Bridges. There he is. Uh, that's oh. not true. I don't know. I wish you stopped saying that. <laughs> Live your truth. That's not I true. I wish, what the DMs were I wish about. you would stop saying that, bro. You're, you're hey, hey, you know what you should do, too? Yeah. Do the minority internship. I, I'll, be, I'll be trying. I keep trying, bro. Yeah. I done tried. I, I'm going to continue to. Yeah. Uh, this is the first year that I got, like, rejection letters. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I tried to scout and the coaching. Okay. And once everything got back too, I got rejected. So I'm like, okay, cool. That that makes me feel better because usually it's like they don't say shit. You just love for that, yeah. Right. Yeah, keep right. Doing so that. I'm gonna yeah. keep I'm gonna keep forcing that issue off top. Yeah. Okay. As soon as they open up enrollment, I'm right there trying to get on. I did it in 14 with Bruce. So okay, they ain't okay. like I ain't never done it before. But uh, yeah, man. So we we gonna, we gonna keep uh, beating on that wall. Yeah. Let him in. Let him in. NFL, and he, he will be there. Like you said, you will you will be the goat O line coach. It will, it will happen. We're, we're manifesting that right now. So Hall of Fame, here I come. There it is. One way or another, you're getting in, damn it. Yes, sir. Oh, my yes, God. sir. All right, everybody. This has been the JB and Bane Review. Our thanks to Mr. Sean Foster for joining us today for an excellent interview. And I'll make sure to subscribe, like, all that fun stuff. Until next time, we out. Holla. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, brother. Mondays just became Mondays. Mondays just got more exciting. Powerball now draws three days a week. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player claim. <sighs> Mondays just became Mondays. Mondays just got more exciting. Powerball now draws three days a week. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player claim. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.